Can I hold him? Sure. I don't see why not. He seems to like it. Hey there, cannibals, chainsaw wielders, palmers. Good girl. Hello. Wow, you're killing that, huh? Okay. Did I say hitchhikers? Hitchhikers and hammer-wielding grandpas. Welcome to another episode of What Happens in the Crypt. Today, Palmer is going to scream at us while I try to read an intro. But anyways, today we're talking about the 1974 Toby Hooper film, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This movie is similar to movies like The Blair Witch Project, where it started with an opening saying this is a true story based on real events, but of course later on we found out it was not true. The events of this movie are loosely based off of the horrific crimes of Ed Gein. You know, the nipple belt guy. The nipple belt guy. Mm-hmm. And Toby Hooper also apparently got the idea for this while Christmas shopping and being near the chainsaws and thinking of that as being like a creative way to get out of the crowds. He's <laughs> not wrong. What happened was true. The most bizarre and brutal series of crimes in America. This is the movie that is just as real. Just as close. Just as terrifying as being there. Even if one of them survives, what will be left? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. After you stop screaming, you'll start talking about it. They also almost called this stalking Leatherface, and I read in more than one spot, head cheese. Well, they do talk about head cheese in the movie. What is head cheese? Like, meat. Meat. Like brains and stuff. Oh, okay. A brief synopsis. Five friends head out to rule tech. <laughs> oh, rural. Five friends head out to rural Texas to visit the grave of their grandfather. On the way, they stumble across what appears to be a deserted house, only to discover something sinister within. Something armed with a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. It's pretty accurate. Yeah, there's a lot of chainsaw in this movie. Most of it is uh, him just revving the chainsaw and then somebody screaming. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, a lot of chainsaw. Only one person dies by the chainsaw, though. Decapitation! Trigger warnings. There's not even really any gore. There is some, but it's just disturbing imagery, I think. Yeah. Grandpa's gross. Yeah. I think Grandpa is scarier than Leatherface. Yeah. Just trying to hit her in the head with that hammer. I hated that part. Because <laughs> she's screaming. They're just holding her they're, head over a bucket. They're oh. screaming. She's screaming. I was screaming. Everyone was screaming. Yeah. And she's just bleeding into the bucket. Yep. So I think, like, hammer violence is sometimes a lot more graphic. Because well, it's usually not quick. Exactly. 
There's a lot of hammer violence. That's the trigger warning. Taglines for this movie include, Who will survive and what will be left of them? What happened is true. Now the motion picture that's just as real. Speaking of Grandpa, he was played by John Dugan. Dugan? Duggan. Duggan, yeah. D-U-G-A-N. He was actually a much younger man. He was not old. Just an old age makeup. The and... makeup for him is weird because remember when... So I've only seen this movie once and it was to <laughs> do the podcast. But when she first finds Grandpa, I thought he was a corpse. No, he was just kind of... It's very strange makeup. Yeah, yeah. Because it's also similar to like Leatherface. Where like wearing skin. Mm. It's very strange looking. But after this movie, Dugan, Duggan, what do we say? Duggan? Duggan. Duggan said he would never do this again. All the scenes with him had to be filmed in the same session before he could get the makeup taken off. Which was his choice, though. Which was his choice, because he didn't ever want to. It took so long that he never wanted to have it mm -hmm. taken off. The entire process took about 36 hours, five of which took to put the makeup on. And this was in the brutal summer heat. This entire movie was shot in a heat wave in Texas. It sounds horrible. So it's over 100 degrees. A large portion of this was shot... Uh, a, a large portion of his shots were at the dinner scene. So he is wearing a heavy suit and a necktie. And they're sitting in a room of dead animals and rotting food. I mean, I'm not surprised that that was real. But that just, like, everything that I read about the heat and then realizing that it was actual dead animals was, like... The worst. Speaking well, of dead animals. She's alive and well. Palmer's doing much better. Her surgery went well. It's been about almost two weeks. Two exhausting weeks. Two exhausting weeks. Right, Palmer? I'm ready to go to bed right now. You got a robot leg. You're a cyborg now. She's a cyborg now. Looking back on the movie, it was later recalled that the stench from the rotting food in people's body odor was so terrible that some crew members passed out and or became sick from the yeah, smell. That's horrifying. That's disgusting. Edwin Neal, who played the hitchhiker, the hitchhiker brother, mm -hmm. claimed, Filming that scene was the worst time of my life and I had been in Vietnam with people trying to kill me. So I guess that shows how bad it was. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. He's, he said Vietnam was worse, was better than this movie mm -hmm. set. That's not good. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to learn that a lot of things didn't go so well in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of gross stuff that, like, happened out of necessity. And a lot of people got hurt. Yeah. When this movie was first released, the film was so horrifying that people actually walked out on sneak previews. That's not good. Which well, I, I mean, I guess it is good. I'm kind of curious what the preview was. Yeah. What part they showed. Because, like, we'll probably get into in a little bit how they tried to make this a PG-rated movie. This was before PG-13. Mm-hmm. Like, even a trailer couldn't have showed very much. Yeah. I don't know. It was gross. That's, like, always how they hype up movies, though. Mm -hmm. Like, Blair Witch Project, people are passing out. <laughs> throwing up in the theater one of toby hooper's techniques for making this film so intense was cutting a small number of frames off of the shot preceding something violent occurring this small beat catches the viewer off guard as their eye has become accustomed to certain shots being a specific length and this is something where it's you don't it's you would slowly get accustomed to it but you don't know why you're getting accustomed uh -huh. to it 
so it is unsettling and makes you feel uncomfortable because you don't know why you know what something. Changed. What changed? Yeah. That makes sense. They also d did a small misdirection trick, which they would have something on the left of the frame and then cutting to Leatherface being on the right. And that gets me in movies even now when they still uh -huh. do that. Like, oh, a book fell over on this side of the screen and then the killer's on the other side and it still makes no sense. No, it's on your face. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, trying to get the PG rating was why you don't actually see anybody really getting chainsawed. Yeah. But no, I, there's no way this was going to get PG. No. Initial cuts of this movie were rated X. The part where, and it got like banned in countries and stuff. Yeah. But the part where the first guy goes down and he opens the door and he hits him with a hammer is so scary. <laughs> or the guy, the hitchhiker brother cutting his hand in the car it's and the, yeah it's like there's how that how did you think you need more than just parental guidance for yeah. that <laughs> the parents need guidance yeah there's gonna be a lot of confusion <laughs> and i can only imagine what the rated x like the version we see that is r is cut down mm -hmm. they took stuff out to make it r interesting i bet we, we should watch it i bet it's still not that bad i bet it's not by today's standards right by today like Movies like Malignant would have never been released. Yeah. I only use that as an example because we've watched it recently, mm -hmm. not because it's a good movie. Yeah. And, you know, her ripping her skull open and it's gory. Yeah. Or like Slasher, that show, which we also... Slasher was just like gratuitous also. That was gore for gore's sake. Yeah. And so there was no fucking story happening. It was like, Well, hey. there was. It was just bad. Yeah. And it was like, that was secondary to how many fucked up things can we show you? We're talking about the... I don't even know if that's the newest season. It was just the newest season on, on Shudder. Shutter. Yeah. So I don't know. Season four, I think. Maybe we'll try to watch another season. Let us know if they're better because that one was not good. Yeah. He's just gross for the sake of being gross. I don't like stuff like that. No. And the ending was... Garbage. La literally, we laughed at how stupid it yeah. was. While researching this movie, what I found to be the most interesting was how Leatherface was created. Toby Hooper kind of gave... Gunnar Hansen, that's the actor's name who played Leatherface, kind of gave him... He's like an Icelandic guy. Oh, he is? Mm -hmm. From Iceland. Oh. He didn't really An act. Icelandic guy from Iceland? Mm -hmm. He didn't really act very much after this either. He kind of had not free reign because Toby Hooper would like approve or deny whatever he was doing. But he's, there was no real plan for what Leatherface was supposed to be. Originally, he actually had a lot more lines and then it got toned down. And then Gunner had the idea of what if he wasn't all mentally there. And... So some scenes, Leather, he would accidentally talk too much, and then they would cut, and Hooper would yell at him to stop talking. Yeah, and I also read that, like, you'd give him a line and just be like, but turn it into gibberish. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, like, he would have, like, an intent with what he was supposed to be trying to communicate, but he would try to turn it into, like, in something that didn't make sense. I can't talk either. <laughs> Apparently, though, Gunner did everything he could to not... Uh, to not to make his portrayal of a mentally handicapped person as non-offensive as possible. Mm -hmm. And he actually went to different schools for the mentally handicapped and learned from the people there. Mm -hmm. And 
he didn't want any of his mannerisms to be like stereotypical or like comical or comical. He wanted his portrayal yeah, even to be real. People that are nonverbal or very limited as far as like being verbal, they still communicate in different ways, which is why it makes sense that he would go and meet with people that were that way. And a little heartwarming. Many fans, including those who are mentally handicapped, say he succeeded. Mm-hmm. And they like the so. movie. Well, because there's so many movies where it's clear they're just trying to make fun yeah. of somebody's handicap. In this movie, it's but, not like that. And for this, too, like, it really it adds to the whole family aspect of, like, you get the sense that, like, he's afraid of the other people in the family uh-huh. and is doing this out of, like, pressure. And he's afraid of, like, his brother and the dad. And the dad is fucking scary. Everybody's that's the, scary. <laughs> that was the other part I hated the most. So after seeing this only once, her head over the bucket... And when he drove her to the house and kept stabbing her with the fucking broom or uh-huh. whatever he was doing. Poking her, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It's a very unsettling movie. Did not like that part. Originally, Gunner turned down the role of Leatherface due to the brutality of the plot. But Marilyn Burns was his real-life friend and convinced him otherwise. Mm-hmm. I also saw that he, part of the reason he got the part was because he's just a gigantic person. Yeah. <laughs> he's like six foot four. Yeah, so he is six foot four, and they had him wear three inch, well, not heels, but his boots are like super risers. Th- in yeah, his boots. he had risers in his boots, so mm-hmm. he was like six, seven or something yeah. like that. And apparently, he hit his head a lot. Yeah. One of the funnier things I found was that even in his lift boots, he was still faster than actress Marilyn Burns. Mm-hmm. And that's where he got the idea of just chainsawing the random things, which is scary mm-hmm. when he stops running and is just chainsawing the ground or the yeah. branches around him. But it was because he he could have easily caught up to her. Right. And it wouldn't have looked as convincing. I think that's why it makes it a little scarier is because he's just fucking yeah. around. Like, he's not really worried about getting her. Yeah. And he, like, he does it consistently through the movie. So it's mm-hmm. scary. Yeah. This was also gross, but apparently he only had one shirt for the whole movie. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. They said he smelled so bad that people wouldn't stand by him. It was because they had, like, dyed it in such a special... Uh, it's You know, it was more expensive back then to do anything. But apparently the shirt couldn't get washed in this Texas 100-plus oh, degree heat. And something similar happened to Marilyn Burns also, where she had like four copies of her outfit and uh, they got stolen at the laundromat. And so she went back to the store where they got them and they only had one left. And by the last day of shooting, her shirt was like rock hard from all the fake blood because she was in a similar situation. You gotta be a special kind of person to steal from a laundromat. I, I've never been to a laundromat, but I can't imagine doing it's that. It's not great. <laughs> yeah. Between the heat and everything else that was going on with this movie, it sounds like they also had insanely long shoot days. I read somewhere it was like 16 hours a day every day. Yeah. No days off. And this specific instance I'm talking about was apparently during a 27-hour work day, which is illegal (laughs) it is illegal so it is yes um but the scene where leatherface um cuts sally's finger to feed grandpa also disturbing Uh the like tiny mechanism that they had to do this was like you know a a little uh, bag of blood on her fingertip that they would press with the knife and then it would burst and after like 10 times of doing it it didn't work over and over again so he took the tape off of the knife 
that was making it safe and actually cut her. And that's what's in the movie. Not that it's like a really horrific cut or anything, but still. And he said, uh, a quote from him was that at this point we were just insane, end quote, because of how long they had been shooting and the heat. <laughs> and they just couldn't deal with not getting it one more time. And that's not the only time she was injured on set. When she's being chased through the woods, the blood, a lot of the blood in that scene is real. She actually got, like, cut up. Mm -hmm, from running around. Somebody call OSHA on this movie. What is Toby Hooper's deal? Poltergeist, they said he was on drugs the whole time. What was he doing here? Probably on drugs. <laughs> I thought this was weird and I didn't really fact check it at all, but apparently beyond um, actually like copyrighted music, all of the background noises you hear were things that they felt like an animal would hear inside a slaughterhouse it was what they used for like sound effects and background music. I mean, it's possible. I don't, I did not read about that, but that sounds terrifying. Mm -hmm. It sounds like something that's a good idea. Another onset injury was Leatherface himself. The scene where he, well, the end of the movie where he falls and cuts his leg with the chainsaw. Yeah, what's his name again? Gunner? Jameson. Gunner. Gunner was wearing a metal plate over his leg so the chainsaw couldn't cut through. The plate was then covered with a piece of meat and a blood bag. The scream you hear is real, though, because after it, it cut through the meat and the blood bag, it hit the plate so hard and so fast that it caused friction and burned his leg. Yeah. Not a great plan. No. why Metal to metal? Not great, guys. Like Put something... It needs an insulator mm -hmm. in between it. You yeah. have to... Yep. They just... They literally... Like, the quote was, they were insane. Yeah. <laughs> they just didn't think about it. I think they just all were so done with everything when this was wrapping up. Because it sounds like they shot things like in order for this movie for the most part. Because of especially like the clothing comments and stuff with her being so soaked in blood by the end and stuff. This is just baffling, but Terry McMinn, who was Pam, she's the girl that gets um, strung up by the hook. Um, the way that they did this was they tied a nylon cord between her legs which they padded with maxi pads that sounds like not enough padding. that is no padding that's like a piece of cotton <laughs> that is nothing that you know what it is they got to set and went shit we didn't bring anything and somebody was like i have two maxi pads and what's silly is you don't even see below her waist in those scenes you're right they could have put they could have put pillow, a fucking t-shirt a t-shirt <laughs> Sounds like there weren't enough t-shirts to go around. Yeah, t-shirts were um, oh, lacking. Yeah. But um, she apparently used the pain to drive her performance and make it more believable. But she could only be on the hook for like two minutes at a time. Because yeah. yeah, all of your weight being on like a maxi pad is not great. No. No. Yeah. Fun fact, maxi pads weren't made for that. They weren't mm -hmm. made to support human weight. Yes. This poor girl. We watch quite a bit of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob, and he's apparently been quoted as calling this the greatest movie ever made, and he filmed a cameo for the sequel, but it got cut. Lame. I bet he's so bummed about that. Yeah, it would be too. This is when he was, like, really, like, famous, like Elvira, uh -huh. like, when they were really, like, hot at the time. She's still hot. He's still hot. Less so. 
Elvira is an actual vampire. Yeah, she she's actually immortal. According to John LaRaquette, who does the opening narr- opening narration, his only payment for doing the work was a joint. They had to cut corners lots in this movie. <laughs> oh, see, they had drugs. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't, marijuana drugs, I don't drugs think... light. Yeah. At the time, though, heavy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. They probably should have paid him after the fact. I hope that they paid him after the fact something. Probably not. Probably not. He just got high once or twice. Mm-hmm. Just speaking of the budget, it was only $60,000. But during editing, they incurred an additional 80000 in costs, requiring that people sold off portions of their ownership to the film. That's probably why they're still making a 1000 of these movies. Mm-hmm. Although some of them are pretty good. I'm not talking about 3D yeah. <laughs> no movie needs to be made for 3D. Oh, the chainsaw's coming <laughs> at you. I will say the Piranha 3D was pretty good. Never seen it. I would say that was a good 3D movie. This movie was actually way ahead of its time, and I'm not just talking about all the gore and chainsaws. Hooper is cited as saying this about the intentional misinformation. The film you're about to see is true was a response to being lied to by the government about things that are going on all over the world, including Watergate, the 1973 oil crisis, and the massacres and atrocities in the Vietnam War. The lack of sentimentality and the brutality of things that Hooper noticed while watching the local news, whose graphic coverage was epitomized by showing brains spilled all over the road, led to his belief that man was the real monster, just wearing a different face. So I put a literal mask on the monster in my film. But on a lighter note, the gas station the kids stop at was bought from the family of the original owners and was renovated to a horror campground called the Texas Chainsaw called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And the new owner has it's kind of like a resort, and you can uh, there's food and overnight cabins. I would like to go. It's apparently. Like, uh, the thing, the article I was reading said it's booked out six months in advance. Let's check it out. Oh, can you imagine? We'd have to film an episode there. That'd be fun. That would be so cool. I've Plus, never been to Texas. I've never been to Texas. Now we could leave the harsh machine winter for a oh, weekend. Oh, yeah. That's actually not a bad idea. Except COVID. Texas ain't doing so hot. We could drive. It's true, and then we could never leave the cabin. Yeah. We just go for the experience. Yeah. And apparently there's, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre merch and... Of course. ...replicas. It'd be cool to see. I'm actually serious. Let's look into it. Oh, yeah. We're going to look into it. hmm I'll bring my own chainsaw. There are only five on-screen deaths in this movie, and like I said, only one is by a chainsaw. I did read something, though, that the actress that played the girl on the hook, um, because you don't see her die, actually. Uh She says that she escaped. Oh, yeah. That's (laughs) She somehow made it out of there. That's funny. (laughs) So, yeah, five-ish deaths open to interpretation. And you can watch it for free on Tubi. Mm -hmm. For our next episode, we'll be talking about the 2004 horror movie, The Grudge. This movie scared the shit out of me when I was younger. 
Yeah, I actually haven't seen this in a very long time. Oh, it was directed by Takashi Shimizu. By the way, in case you're interested. But I haven't seen this movie in probably 12 years. Maybe not that long. Probably 8 or 9. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this guy actually has directed a lot of horror movies. And he's still directing horror movies. With titles such as Homunculus, Suicide Forest Village, <laughs> okay. A Rain Woman, Night Cry, A Live Action Kiki's Delivery Service. <laughs> okay, I wasn't expecting that one. That one caught me off guard. And then All of the Grudges, and a movie called Reincarnation, A Bunch of Horror, and Kiki's, Kiki's, delivery, Kiki, service. And Kiki's delivery Service. But yeah. We got Buffy. It'll be... The guy from Supernatural. The, yes, that show I've never seen. I've only seen a couple episodes, but people like People him. love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this will be a fun episode to do just because it's a movie that we both like, but we haven't seen for a while. Mm-hmm. That's and, always a fun episode. And it is episode. like that specific era of like the early 2000s where like horror was all like based off of like Japanese horror movies and it was interesting. It was a great time it's like to when be we a got, horror movie That's maker. when we got The Ring, when we got Hostel, yeah. Saw-ish. Shaun of the Dead. Mm. But it's like all of these like really like hyper like pigmented type horror mm-hmm. movies. It'll be good. It'll be fun. And it'll be our last episode before Spooky Month. Mm-hmm. We're going to do some big movies, our favorite movies in that month. Mm-hmm. Literally our favorite movie of all time. We're not going to say it right now. Oh, we could you, say it. It's nope, nope. They're going to hear it soon. Mm-hmm. We can't utter the. We can't utter it or spoil it before October. We already decorated. We'll post some pictures of decorations. We got a cool stained glass bat. Uh huh. Did we post that on our Instagram yet? Mm-hmm. We're gonna post. We'll post a cool stained glass bat that we got from other mother. Yeah, it, other, other mother glass. Other mother glass. It's very cool. Mm-hmm.